Welcome to the Radical Woman Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kay Abide. The Radical Woman Podcast is a sacred space to chat about our divine gifts and birthrights as women, how to heal, thrive, and choose radical self-responsibility and authentic expression in all aspects of our maiden and motherhood journeys. Today, we are going to take an even deeper dive. And I should stop saying that because I feel like every single time I start recording upon the content of which I have an outline for, it's just massive and a monstrosity. So let's just dive into what exists in this realm and this space and this journey today. So we are going to dive in into my personal story of vulnerability safety, support, pain, and pleasure. And there's no better way to describe it than a journey. And so I'm going to drop in with you today and share with you the divine wisdom that's been placed upon me and has called me to share with the world because I know, I deeply know there are so many other women going through this because it has been my life's work thus far to become a vulnerable vessel and share with others because it is truly in community that we heal collectively as women. So let's get started. Safety and support. I want you to imagine a world where we are able to culminate not safety on the outside right because we all know there's no nothing in life that is inherently safe but when we look inward we can create an environment that our body that our nervous system that our entire being feels safety and then we can call in and request and manifest our desires of what true support or love or whatever you want to call it in that warm feeling, that warm hug of intention, compassion, love, support, an opportunity for vulnerability, whatever it may be that you want it to be. Because those are the two defining values of what I believe our worth is based off of. Because when you boil it down into the individuals that I work with, and then also the healing, self-healing practices I've done thus far, it always points back to a limiting belief or a restriction or an illusion of safety, feeling safe in one's body, and support, truly being supported, truly being mirrored, viewed, honored, trusted to be yourself in radical authenticity and then having the inner circle or support system that you desire, which is key, to support you, to support that inner safety, that inner feeling. So we're going to talk about those two defining words and then later add on the feeling that comes with safety and support or lack thereof, which are pain and pleasure in that dichotomy. So we're told constantly from childhood, right, that we are safe and supported by our parents, our grandparents, any other familial or support unit that we are gifted that we choose to help raise us into adulthood when these things then become unraveled, if you will. So I want you to ask yourself for just a minute to close your eyes, to tune in, and to ask, what does your body say? What is the visceral response that's speaking to you? 
when you say the words, I am safe. I am safe in my own body. I am safe in my vessel. I am safe to feel. I am safe to understand. I am safe to be vulnerable. So share that with yourself. What do you feel? Is there a visceral response of anxiety, of nervousness, of anxiousness? Can you actually be quiet in that moment when you're looking for your body to speak to you for inherent safety? See, it's safety that I find most children don't have an understanding for, right? They think safe is I have a roof over my head. My parents love me. I've had a great life. I have X, Y, and Z fill in the blank of things. And we tend to learn from those in our environment during our primitive years of childhood, the age zero to seven, that safety is an outside space. Safety is not something that's internal. It's that of which we have hold can tangibly come up with, right? We're we're taught food, shelter, and water, right? As a necessity for our safety, for our growth, for our humanness. And we've lost the sense of touch, the sense of emotional understanding, and the capacity to hold space for an emotional energetic being to understand, determine, and learn what true safety feels like. And so often we're taught as children, again, to ignore what's inside and to be blinded by those that tell us how we feel on the outside, right? So you're fine. Everything is safe. You're safe here with me. You are safe here with me. Nothing is going to hurt you. I am providing safety for you. And again, that's all well and good, right? We need to be reminded of our foundation coming from safety. But what we aren't taught are the nuances or the emotions or the energy that we pick up off of those same individuals telling us we are safe when children know and can pick up an adult that inherently does not feel safe in their own body. So ideally, in those instances, the best we're teaching our children is to lie about our inherent safety for the sake of saving somebody else. And again, through this discovery of which I've learned and had to feel and drop into within my own body, it's nobody's fault, but it's a matter of how many generations of lack of safety, inherent, innate, inborn trust and faith in my own vessel, safety, and support, as in I am without a doubt supported for who I am, what I choose, what I believe in authentically in my own radical self-responsibility and choice outside of which others are preconceiving their support for me through their own lens of them also not having support. So let's keep playing with this. What if your life looked different in a sense that you chose your own inherent safety? What would change in these situations 
in your current situation, in your future situation, in your family situation, if you chose to redefine what feeling safe in your own body, in your own mind, in your own soul actually felt or looked like. What would your inner circle feel like if you have called in the support that you truly so desire and actually say no to those who don't support you in the way you've desired to feel supported? And that doesn't mean cutting them out, but again, bringing in layers and layers of boundaries and trust and honor for yourself to say, I want to be loved and supported as such. And if you choose not to, that is okay. I could still have a mutual love and relationship with you, but these are the defining factors. And it's not about laying them out, but portraying them. When you get on your own throne and put on the crown of your own, I am safe, I am supported, and these are my desires, you change the trajectory of the energy of which people are going to approach you in. And so you no longer have to tell them what you're doing, how you're doing it, or why you're doing it. You stand on that foundation and everything else as a ripple effect changes because of the impact that you've set for yourself. And so removing yourself from that shaky foundation of, am I safe? Do I feel safe? Oh, I'm safe in the moment. There's uh, the doors are locked. The windows are closed. There's nobody in my house, but me, the lights on, but no one's home in that situation, right? We have defining safety parameters that we've been told are safe, but inherently we are not safe in the body in the vessel that we are residing in. So this is where we start. This is where I have culminated my life's work thus far and the short decade of deep inner healing, starting with the inner depths of my inner children and integrating my inner children into mastery of self, mastery of source, tapping into the energy that so creates my own illusions changing the lens and the perception of the people that I'm around, honoring the lens that resides in my own eyes, in my own physical window of seeing and being who I am and who I choose, the inner depths of honoring my intuition, which is what I am as an entire being, learning the reasons through means of astrology, means of human design, means of meditation and Uh, shamanic healing and energy shifting and resources and guidance of just trusting and learning that I am a instinctual being and that is where my intuitiveness is a gift and relating that all the way back to my memories of childhood in which I remember being of a light being and trusting and wanting to find inherent safety and knowing that it didn't feel safe to tell those around me that which I was seeing because I didn't feel safe to share that. It was a moment of closing in and not being able to be vulnerable, but asking for things that required safety, like maternal love, like support from parental figures, that in my current state, I could see how inauthentic that was because I just reached for the safety that made me feel safe 
from the outside in rather than honoring the safety mechanisms that were necessary to feel from the inside. And that's all of our story, right? To some capacity, to some degree. We're walking in a journey of life right now where we're changing the consciousness from that of outside in modalities and features and answers and solutions to inside out feelings, emotions, healing, asking, desire, manifestation, alignment with what feels good to our soul and our being and honoring that we chose those illusions and we chose those pathways in order to teach us something. And after a beautiful healing two-hour Akashic Record reading last night, I have culminated so much joy in the hardship and the illusions that I've chosen. And although I've had several Akashic reading sessions before, I've had so many wise wisdom, wise women, and so much wisdom from them gifted to me in all of my healing journey as I've reached out and felt I needed support, as I've tuned into my own intuition and gifts um, and guidance that I have as a light being. Last night was the tectonic plates of earth-shattering revelations upon my entire soul. And it's typically in this time of year in that dark fall time where things are shedding and changing that I also do the same thing. And so I've too have been guided recent years to look to nature for things, to look to the physiological heartbeat of what mother nature of divine source tells us and shows us in our own backyards, in our own experiences to slow, to heal, to listen, to honor, to tap into, to shed, to release. All of these have been the story that is made up of me over the last better part of the decade, but even more so in the last intensively last three to four years, five years, six years, and even in the most recent year and six months of just how quickly the roll, the ball can keep rolling, the snowball can keep building as we keep shedding and shedding and shedding and leveling up on a day-to-day basis once we have found safety and support and tap into the play and the fun and the hurt of pain and pleasure. Now, I want to take a step back and look at and define safety and maybe even take another road traveled into defining safety and what comes along with safety and talk about the confines and restrictions and illusions that live in our current world when we talk about safety. So let's take this pathway and continue down this road of safety. Nothing in life is inherently safe. And I know I spoke about this on my first impromptu drop. And I spoke about it in reference to the birth world. And I really want to go back there because we talked about the primitive years of childhood 
And we have to, have to address how we're birthing our young. And as women, as postpartum women, as uh, women that are hopeful to conceive and dreaming their dream births and their dream pregnancies and their dream conception and talking through conscious conception, like I've spoke about on several episodes now, we have to go back there because it's only in which we consciously create through our reality these feelings and foundations of inherent safety that we then can look to the outside world and say nothing in life is inherently safe there is absolute risk to anything and everything you do the only way you could have safety is if it comes from the inside if you feel safe in your authentic vessel everything else is a crapshoot it's questionable i am so tired frankly, of hearing women, individuals, their spouses, their families saying, oh, this is high risk. This is low risk. There is risk management. We have to risk ourselves out of something or we have to manage the risk. Folks, there's no chance in life of 100% safety unless you can tell yourself, I feel safe. Inherently, Outside of the world, there's nothing that is safe. So we have to look of getting rid of this black and white concept that you're either safe or you're not safe. Because when you define things as safe or not safe, right? Okay, in the birth world, this individual is high risk, so automatically her birth is going to be unsafe. This mother is low risk, so automatically her birth is going to be safe or birth is going to be at home so it's inherently safe or this birth is going to be tended by a midwife thus it is inherently safe no these are all lies and if you find somebody i will say it i'm gonna say it if you find a midwife if you find a birth support person if you find a family member a friend an individual a human being walking the earth that tells you they can create inherent safety for you fire them immediately do not trust anybody outside of yourself to define what feels safe. And I see this all the time in the birth world and it just gets me going. So I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm going to do it because it's my podcast and I can do what I want, right? I hear this all the time. I have great success in the home birth world. My stats, my numbers, my skills, knowledge, ability, and experience can promise you inherent safety in your birth. And so you should look without inside, but outside yourself to entrust me with the knowledge, skills, and abilities that I have to entrust in you that it's going to be safe for you to birth your baby so long as I'm there, right? And I'm going to give a disclaimer, which I know I don't ever have to do, but this is not about free birth versus women birthing with midwives. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with, I don't care if you're birthing in a hospital, in a home birth with a midwife, unassisted at home, unassisted in a field of flowers all by yourself or in the ocean with the dolphins. You have to define safety for you in that which I, as a birthing mother, trust my intuition to have a six foot halo around me, protecting myself at all times, like a mama bear, that my entire vessel and trust and faith is based on inner intuition and inner safety. And when I know what safety feels like in my body, I also know what safety doesn't feel like. 
So if I honor the boundaries of that which is me and my body and my pregnant body with my baby inside my vessel, we know what safety is. Therefore, we also know what safety does not feel like. And then that individual can hire, fire, trust, listen to, or ignore whatever feels so inclined from that foundation of safety, inherent self-proclaimed safety. So when you walk into every choice that you have in life, and again, this doesn't have to apply in birth, but that is where I'm passionate about speaking and teaching and also in postpartum and protecting the the sanctity of the postpartum vessel and the postpartum shield bubble for mom and baby not to be impeded even by husband or siblings or even mother, mother mother-in-law, father, father father-in-law, sister, sister sister-in-law, brother, brother brother-in-law, the family dynamic, you name it. When you walk in every choice in life knowing that there is more risk in some choices than others because you know what safety feels like when you feel safe in your own body, you don't have fear. Instead, you have trust and faith. And when you know that, you know that all the answers are within and you must always, always, always look inside yourself first. And with that, we can look to nature to better understand safety. And we could look to birth to understand safety, true physiological nature and physiological birth. And also the key here is the ticket of we want to make birth safe and not safe. And we want to make life so black and white. This is safe. This is not safe. But we never look at the things that we fear. And we need to start addressing the things that we fear so that we could better understand what safety truly feels like or what birth and rebirth truly feel like feels like when we honor its opposite or its antithesis of birth versus death. And I know I keep saying it, I'm going to do an episode, but I'm still going to dive in on trusting death. Because my entire journey of healing comes from these confines. It was through my both of my free births that I learned I am the only vessel that feels safety. And that was the first time I felt safe in my body. And once I felt that, it catapulted me into all the life's work that I'm in because from true self-foundations of safety... You can be your authentic self and you could find radical self-responsibility and no longer place blame on other people, but look within for the answers. And that's what started my entire journey. And then to death, right? Because when you do free birth, you have to walk the journey. Well, any woman when she births, what she doesn't realize is the moments that she feels like this is the worst thing in the world and she literally feels like death. And she wants to give up and majority of women in the hospital. This is when you submit to decisions that you said you would never do. And you break away from your intuition and from that definition of what true trust, faith, and safety feels like on the inside. Because you are experiencing death. And that's something that we don't talk about with women. That we don't express in our circles of women of healing that death can also feel like safety. We just are fearing or taught, inherently taught, 
by the constructs in the matrix that death is horrible. But there is, there must be a dying off of the maiden in order for her to be the mother. And how crazy that we've created a society that has taught women that you should never feel that, that you should get an epidural and that you should sign up for the elective C-section and you should just let the hospital or let the doctor take your baby from your womb because you don't, you shouldn't want to feel that because it's scary and it may hurt and it may be very painful and it may not be X, Y, and Z. And everybody's ideal birth should be that you dress up and you wear makeup and you go into the hospital and you come out looking like you never had a child or that you never endured anything hard or that you never had to do any work or show up for yourself or face death and die off the, the, the maiden and to birth yourself into a reborn mother. And nobody talks about the potential that lives in that experience or any experience in terms of pain and pleasure. So let's jump back in to this nature thing. We have to be able to physically see in our lives examples, representations of how nature does what our body is innate, was innately created to also do in human form, right? So I think I gave the example of the river a few episodes ago that always flows no matter where it is going. It'll evade the waterline, the soil. It'll take anything with it. I mean, look at the damage and destruction that hurricanes do. Water has no reverence for anybody's feelings, for anybody's safety, for anybody's risk management, or for anybody's <laughs> entire well-being, right? The water will always flow, just like your blood is always pumping in the same way that your heart is always beating until it stops, right? And what happens in nature when something impedes the flow of nature? It still finds a way. Why? Because nature has its own definition of inherent safety, right? Water to itself is always safe because it always goes and does and is where it is and does what it wants and flows where it's meant to go. And what if we took a, a book or a concept out of the book of life, of nature, and applied that to ourselves in birth, in motherhood, in parenting, in healing postpartum, in healing our journeys as we are, as human beings, as, as women. And instead of just being and causing destruction, what like a hurricane water or river or uh, ocean flow may do, what if we exchanged the flow of water for our flow of wisdom and our flow of healing potential and our flow of innate intuition and hearing our bodies speak and listening to the, the wise words and emotions and feelings that our body is intuitively guiding, guiding us to be just like the river and to keep flowing. And even in death, right? There is a respect and love and honor in knowing when you come from a place of knowing that I feel safe in my own body, in my own vessel, in this immediate moment, I will know 
when to react, how to respond, how to understand, how to provide support for others in the degree that they are asking for support. It's a respect, right? And so in birth, we know when we birth, we have to have a mutual respect for death. And when we, as I said before, walk into every choice in life knowing that there is more risk in some choices versus others, but you're coming from, I know what safety feels like, so therefore I know that I have trust and faith and I don't have a bunch of fear that's boiling up that I don't know how to handle it. Because that's the key and that's what I learned in my birth experiences is that when you know how good things feel to feel safe and know what's working, if an emotion surrounding fear arises, you can trust your intuition to vet it. And so I want to give an individual example from my first birth with my son. And if you haven't listened to that birth story, you have two opportunities. One is through Free Birth Society, which is a more radical type expression of approach to why I free birth the lessons, the inherent healing lessons of my mother wound um, that showed up in my nursing journey. You'll hear I talked about a moment of feeling fear. And if you want to listen to a more not even formal, because I don't think I'm a formal individual, but a more proper explanation of the reasons why I free birth and a rendition of that story that focuses on other things. You could listen to it on a happy home birth podcast. And that is my first free birth. I have not yet recorded my second free birth because it is actually a lot of the work that I'm going to talk about today that I've done within this dichotomy of safety, support, pain, and pleasure. But I digress and get back to the point of during my first birth, I experienced so much safety. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt I was choosing to birth that way because it made me feel more safe than I had ever felt in my entire life. And that birth felt so good. From that foundation of safety, I felt so much pleasure. Of course, there was pain, but so much pleasure. And There was a time after transition, and this is typically when most women stall, right? Because they're facing that death. They're facing feeling like death and having to surrender and let go and die. A part of them literally has to die to trust and have faith in being a mother of this offspring, of this human life. And in that, I felt that because every woman does. And I knew what safety felt like. So I went into triage mode, right? I said to myself, I stepped back. I literally stepped out of the birthing portal and said, I have to assess this. Do I feel safe? Yes. It was an automatic yes. My body said full body yes. So I know that immediately that fear wasn't bad. It wasn't a fear that needed a risk management intervention, immediate attention, I said to myself immediately, I'm going to place my hand in my yoni and feel my baby. It was instinctual. So I did. I placed my hand in my yoni. I felt some type of tubular vessel. Thought to myself, instinctually in my own head, I know it's not the cord. I know that it's not my baby's head. 
I know that I feel safe and I know I don't have to worry about this. So I removed my hand and it turns out it was a cervical lip. How do I know this? It's because I talked to wise women afterwards who I sorted through this story with, and that's exactly what they've experienced as well. And so what I did intuitively during that birth with the guidance of a wise woman who I had my husband reach out to and and define that exact situation, right? Called upon somebody literally on the phone who he said, this is what she's experiencing. This wise woman said, this experience sounds like a cervical lip to me. Follow her body's guidance of what her body needs. Allow her to tell you in the moment what she needs. And what I needed in that moment was to lift my belly, even though it felt excruciatingly painful. And I knew innately it was going to be so painful and it was going to ruin the pleasure that I was experiencing, right? He lifted upon my belly. The baby dropped back into my pelvis and the cervical lip disappeared. And immediately within like, I don't know, 10 minutes, that baby flew out. I had no ring of fire. I didn't even feel the baby emerging. I was in such euphoric bliss. The baby almost hit the floor. Thank goodness my husband was a ride receiver and was able to catch him. And the baby hung on like a little finger monkey on his arm. And that's how little Anthony was born and brought into the world with inherent safety. Because I determined I felt safe, not because someone was on the outside risking me out saying this is a safe situation. I can only imagine, and I don't even want to go there because I don't live in those worlds, if I had a support person that didn't trust me and only wanted to come from their broken foundation of their own lack of safety from childhood, because we all have it. I could put out a million dollars on the fact that we all have foundations that are cracked from not ever trusting our intuition as children because we weren't taught that because society is not has not been that way for decades but we're going to that I could only imagine what may have been the result of an attended birth as such so with that there's so many tangents that I could go on here and I really am trying to maintain myself We have to look at how we're birthing children into the world because that is how we teach honoring our own safe vessel from the inside through creating our own reality, through feeling, through expression of our emotions, through people holding space for the situations that we're going through and not trying to save us from their foundation of feeling like it's their responsibility to save somebody because they too have also felt not safe in their own body. So we're just trying to cover up all this trauma in the sake of love and support, but really it's broken support and broken false promises of safety. And it has to change. We have to change this. And the only way we change it is from, in my opinion, from the inside of how we birth, but also from how we take radical self-responsibility of acknowledging the broken parts inside of us and looking to the bigger picture of what our body speaking to us, literally asking and calling us how to be healed. And the two hours last night of that Akashic session for me was actually putting together so many pieces and like if I had a thousand puzzles 
that had all of their own different pieces. I've been working to put together all 1,000 of those individual puzzles. And last night was taking a piece from every single one of those individual 1,000 puzzles and integrating them together, which is why the vastness of this podcast is all over the place, but yet very organized in my own head of thoughts as to why I am here doing what I am doing right now today and the healing I've chosen to endure and the pain and the pleasure that I have chosen to embark upon to promote me and to prompt my inner vessels that talk to me constantly to keep revealing themselves so that I keep doing the work and keep integrating these puzzles and putting them together. And this is a life's work, never finished, ever evolving, ever learning, ever growing, ever weaving process. But as I do it, other women are doing it. And as I become vulnerable, other women are becoming vulnerable. And as I teach the lessons that I've learned and share them in radical self-responsibility and vulnerability, I change the mass collective consciousness of women, of women in birth, of women in postpartum, of how children are coming forth into the world. And that for me, I may not even see the impact that it makes, but I know in my entire being, coming from a groundedness of feeling safe, that it is making a difference and it is changing. And that's where it all began and keeps beginning for me every single time I go through these huge shifts and monumentous revelations, putting the pieces together in order of that which is my life. So I could sit here and take the next, I don't know, 265 days (laughs) to tell all of the stories and lessons and experiences that I have gleaned from. But what I feel is most important in this current episode is to define how it started. Because the definition of how it started and my starting point are two very different experiences. And because it really started in the beginning, right, when I was born. But I'm not going to sit here and explain to you all of the details because I truly pride myself on keeping a lot of my personal experiences private. And although it seems like I'm sharing so much with you, it's literally only a glimpse or a glimmer into the bigness of the ocean and the expansiveness that I do experience with myself and my family. So I find it very important to share the relevant parts with you in that, sure, the beginning was the very beginning of it all, of the beginning of my existence of this lifetime here in this realm. But it really goes beyond that. And I've learned and taken the better part of the last two or three years to learn more about my past life experiences, which has, for me, been the most impactful part of realizing my purpose and the wisdom that comes from within that I just tap into and am able to share and utilize for my own healing. And that those past life experiences, this is not my opportunity or my my choice right now is to not share 
the depths and the details of those experiences because I'm still navigating and holding that space for myself. But to know that those experiences were not anything like my experience in this lifetime. And it was only that I believe if I, at one point I believed if I didn't have those experiences that I wouldn't be where I am. And at another point, I believe that because I had those experiences, it's made me be the person that I am. And another point has been, I feel like I could never separate myself from those experiences that I have very deep feelings and emotions and body memories of being in those situations in other lifetimes that I thought I'd never be able to break free from them. And it was through the first step of rage and ravaging emotions to vulnerability that taught me that those experiences needed to be a part of me for me to lift the curtain or the veil of this lifetime, to utilize them, to show my potential, to trust myself and to really tap into my own safety because several lifetimes I've experienced instinctual inherent fear and have given parts of me away to never be able to call them back and this is my opportunity to call them back and I want to expand upon that in the time that feels right this is not it but that that necessary component of the story needs to be prefaced because it's through knowing what I know and have experienced through the dream world and through trusting my intuition and learning and the gifts that I have been given to be able to travel and experience those things to know that there's a reason why to make this impact even more impactful for me and purposeful for my healing and intentional for the things that I've gone through so that I can see the ripple effect that I talked about that I know is going to happen because I can see the lineage of one life, which is mine through several lifetimes. And I'm just one person. And so I know others because I've worked with others in these facets, other women through these emotions that are stored in our body from various times of that our soul brings with us to hold on to, to tap into when it is time for us to heal and we are ready to receive and start to trust and build that foundation of I feel safe on the inside and I desire support that looks like fill in the blank for each individual. And I can experience pain and I can experience pleasure because I know these things exist because I am whole. I am the universe in all of my cells. I am divinely created in God's image. And I know that just as the stars, just as nature, just as the grass, just as everything in the universe is so intricately created to mold, to grow, to heal, to inspire, to create a ripple effect of healing for the collective consciousness, I too am a part of that because I'm made up of all of the things that all of the th- all of God's creations in the universe are also made out of. 
and I can tap into that at any given point. And so healing for me started with exactly that. In the most recent years, it was being vulnerable because I was not a vulnerable person. I looked inward, kept to myself. Sure, I wore my heart on my sleeve and I was very open and can be very outgoing, but I'm still a very introverted person. And I needed to be vulnerable, vulnerable with myself because it's always you versus you, right? Vulnerable with myself for the things I needed, for the trust I desired for myself and for the support that I really needed to call in. And I know I've talked about this before, but that looked like boundaries, a lot, a lot, a lot of boundaries and the illusions I've created in my life to show me where those boundaries needed to be have created a lot of pain and have shown me a lot of heartache and betrayal and hurt. And I lived in them and I basked in them for a while until I was shown through my own inner being the pleasure that exists. And I want to talk about, just as we talked about safety and support, the dichotomy of pain versus pleasure. And so a mentor of mine enlightened the path for me when she spoke about the pain versus pleasure curve. And so in my early chiropractic office opening, I, of course, hired a coach that worked predominantly on mindset. And the mindset was being able to ask for money, right? And receive money, which in turn, I mirror to the principle of being able to experience and ask for pleasure and also ask for support during pain or ask for help or those modalities. And she, her name is Dr. Barb. And in her coaching, she drew a like hills and valleys, right? Just like a really big wavy line and said, if you want to experience pleasure, which exists at the top of the mountain, you have to be really good at experiencing pain. Because if you don't experience pain and you push it into your body, you raise the threshold for that which you could experience pain because you don't want to feel it, right? So you mask it. And at the same time, what exactly happens on the pleasure scale is you lower the window to experience pleasure. And it was in that moment doing coaching with her and I believe with this, this was in 2019, doing one on um, smaller group one-on-one coaching in Nashville that I, I realized like it hit me like a that's so Raven moment for those that are in the, the millennial generation <laughs> that I actually didn't experience pleasure because I didn't actually want to experience pain because i.e i never felt in i never felt safety like i never felt truly safe in my body i looked for safety in the outside world and i looked for support in the outside world which i have great support systems i lived a great childhood i lived a really great life but when you start to define what is great and what is societal those things tend to be one and the same and we portray our lives whether they were good or bad based off of what the television says or what society or what the matrix has ingrained in us. And it was like a huge light bulb moment that I didn't experience pleasure, that I had walked throughout most of my life's journey achieving, being an achiever, right? So checking boxes, graduating with several diplomas, achieving several certificates, uh, winning several awards, being the best, 
earning top acknowledgement for filling and fulfilling whatever desires that individual required me to do so that I could be deemed successful or intelligent or X, Y, and Z, you fill in the blank. And that's how I defined my pleasure was, well, I only can be as celebrated as I succeed. And so we talked about celebrating moments that typically individuals don't celebrate, right? So what happened in my professional career of starting my office was I grew. I grew immensely. I grew a multiple six-figure practice immediately. And I just didn't feel celebrated. I wasn't celebrating myself. I just kept trying to achieve. So you achieve one thing in my mind at the time. And then it's like, oh, I did it. Now let's, let's make it bigger. It's that Wolf of Wall Street mentality. And that was when I started really intricately defining inside, internally, what were the mechanisms that were rolling? What in or rolling? What was ingrained in me in childhood? What were the principles, the programs, the paradigms that I picked up on in my environment to make me actually not want to experience pleasure and experience and be embarrassed by celebrating myself? Like I felt when people celebrated me, I literally felt like people were putting me on a pedestal and shaming me. And that was when I realized that like, look all that I have accomplished and I have so much wisdom to give, but the outside feeling doesn't match the inside feeling, right? So I made that dramatic shift of vulnerability and being vulnerable with myself that although I've achieved all these great things, I don't define it like that. So I had to shift and look at pleasure. And in doing so, I had to really experience pain. And so it is my insight into my life, looking back as it unfolds and gleaning insight from the lessons that I've learned through each painful experience. I inflict a lot of painful experiences on myself or inflicted through my illusions to try to turn on the pleasure, right? To try to engage my consciousness to say, hey, if you just experience this pain, you could also experience pleasure. And so the vast majority of the last few years has been really diving deep into painful experiences so that I can remove that threshold of that wave so that I could experience all the pleasure and all the pain. And that in turn allowed me to gain wisdom and download the coding to teach. What I teach now is that our emotions create the stage. Our emotions, our experiences, the feelings that we've stored inside our body create acts one through 25. (laughs) They create the play, the scripts, the ideologies, the principles. And I started very quickly unwinding that and unlearning what needed to happen so I could find more balance. And that is how I also went back and started looking at the foundation of safety and support because a vessel that feels safe, 
that can know when is when it is safe and also listen to their intuition to know when it's not safe, that can desire and ask for support as they need it and be able to say no to the individuals or the, the ideas that don't support them. The more you know that you don't want it, that means the more you know the, of what you do want. And then the more you experience the pain that you've conjured up in your own illusion to put in front of you as a gift to find ease and grace in the pain, you then can find more ease and grace in the pleasure. And those who follow me on social media know that I tap in and tap out when I'm experiencing these moments of pain versus pleasure. So my most recent one, I was, like I spoke about in the last podcast, I was out for about a month experiencing great discomfort of expressing health. And it was an opportunity for me to more lean in and to get better at doing that, to experiencing pain so that I can experience pleasure. And I say all this because it's another lesson that I learned in my reading last night is that we create our own reality. And I know that, I deeply know that, but it keeps coming back and coming home. Every single lesson I go through is that we are love. We provide our own trust, faith, and love and safety for ourselves. And when we are that, whether you be a mother or postpartum or pregnant or a wife or a spouse or a sister or a friend, when you come from that place as a woman, only positive, healing, adapting, and thriving things will follow. That doesn't mean life will go perfect. promise you that. But what I can promise you is that your, your body, your innate intelligence, the voice within you, your intuition will start speaking to you. And if you follow that voice, things will drastically change for you. I mean, 10 years life work, 10 years amount of work in one day. And that's where I'm at. Every single day is an unfolding of a lesson. And there's a painful moment and there's a pleasure moment and there's a vulnerable moment and there's a raging moment and there's a ravaging moment. And there's just so much wisdom and downloads and intricate pieces of the puzzle that get put together. And it is my dream and passion and life's work and will continue to teach this to women and to children because it's what is so important in our healing. And so I have a huge ask. I dream of culminating a space of women, much like myself, in this line of work to collaborate with, to share my insight, to join in their knowledge, skills, abilities, and their ancestral wisdom to combine it because it's all powerful and impactful. So if that is you listening, if that is someone out there that you know, share this episode with them because I am on the precipice of building a huge wellness collective in person in the wonderful location of upstate South Carolina, as well as getting ready to launch a very impactful studio, personal studio and a space virtually for group containers of women, for group containers of mothers, for one-on-one divine guidance, 
through just working in partnership through these healing mechanisms, through these self-healing modalities and the work that I've utilized. And so I would love to fulfill my desires of that. And so if that is you or somebody you know, and you just don't even know how it's going to be possible or what it looks like, please send me a message. I'm in. Send me an email. It's Dr. Kayla, D-R-K-A-Y-L-A at loveandlightfamilychiropractic.com. Send me a message on social media. Share my page with an individual because I am on fire to grow the masses and make the biggest impact humanly possible in the collective of women as our consciousness is rapidly changing exponentially by the day. And I'm just so excited and I'm so grateful to get my voice and my words out here and call in the support that I've truly been desiring. And I do have amazing inner circle of individuals who I could call on and I do call on, but I want a community. I am no longer going to fear asking for so much more, even if it feels really big and even if it feels incapable at the moment, I have to get that next part of the journey going And I've done all of the internal work to get to this point. And so now I feel safety and the story feels really good and the mission and the passion and the the yearning and desire to be in those intimate connections with women and support to share our ancestral wisdom, to house it in one full studio is literally palpable. So if you can help any single way in that ripple effect, I would be so gracious and grateful if you could click the share button, share this on social media, post it in your story, uh, leave some feedback, always leave feedback. I would love to be in conversation with you women as you're healing and listening to your intuition and so much gratitude for all of you who've tuned in and will tune in and trusting in yourself in this journey.